0: Hey everyone, this is Ryan Pinagos, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, and one of the co-hosts of This Week in Marvel podcast. You're listening to the Cruise Control
1: Podcast with Randy Cruz. Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Cruise Control Podcast here on iTunes and SoundCloud.com. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at randy j cruz R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. Uh, as I said in the beginning, you can download and subscribe to the podcast on both iTunes and SoundCloud. If you are a fan of the podcast, you can also buy the t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com. All you have to do is type in Cruise Control, or one word, on ProWrestlingTees.com. Support the podcast, buy a t-shirt, download, and subscribe. Uh, give us some... Nice ratings, 4-star, 5-star, whatever it is. Just uh, go out there and support the podcast. We greatly appreciate it. So, it is Wednesday, September 21st, 2016. Just a few days away from WWE's Clash of Champions presented by Monday Night Raw. And as always, every week I'm joined by Mr. Graham Matthews. He's on Twitter at Russell Rant. He is the featured columnist for The Bleacher Report. And we get to talk about Clash of Champions and a little bit of review of Raw and Smackdown from this week. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing great, Randy. How about yourself? Doing good. Can't complain, as always. uh, We we have you on once a week talking wrestling and uh, this Sunday, Clash of Champions presented by Monday Night Raw. As, you know, Stephanie McMahon would say, the first ever Raw uh, branded pay-per-view, which is... It's not. Uh, <laughs> I guess you forgot about the whole first uh, brand uh, brand split, but we do have Clash of Champions this Sunday. We had Backlash about a week and a half ago, so now it's, you know, Raw's turn, and we're going to get to Clash of Champions and the card and the predictions but I want to get to some stuff with uh, Raw and SmackDown. Again, Graham Matthews is on Twitter at Russell Rant. Featured columnist for Bleacher Report. So go out and, and check out his work. So I, I'm not too sure where to start with Raw and SmackDown. I'll just go back and forth. Um, what do I, uh, Okay, still, there is no Triple H on this show. Three weeks ago, Kevin Owens became the world champion. Or I should say the, the universal champion. And Triple H you know, made Kevin Owens become the the champion, and we haven't heard from him, we haven't heard, we haven't seen him, as a fan, does it irk you, does it bother you the fact that, you know, in in order to keep a storyline progressing, the main factor of Kevin Owens becoming champion, you know, was Triple H, and we haven't heard a peep from him or or have seen him
0: correction we have seen him on the cruiserweight classic last oh, week he presented the winner <laughs> of the dj perkins Grand metallic match the bell i mean i know that's not storyline significant so it doesn't even really count. i know you're talking about raw here for a second uh, triple
1: h triple h is, h, h, h is no, too busy to go on raw but he'll rather do cruiserweight championship okay i got it i get it
0: <laughs> right. no yeah i know i was just gonna say it's so silly i mean they expect us because it's not like the Cruiseway Classic is some sort of alternate reality. Like, we saw the same thing a couple of months ago, like, late last year, when Triple H got the shit kicked out of him at TLC, and then he showed up in London at TakeOver, literally three days later, on TV at the start of the show, showing no worse for wear, so it's like, I don't know, I don't know if it's him or the writers or what, it just makes no sense. So anyway, um, it doesn't really bother me all that much. I could see why it would bother the, the uh, normal viewer or whatever, but... um. I mean, I could see why people would be bothered just because they didn't really offer an explanation. Seth Rollins didn't really say anything. I was expecting, you know, I wasn't expecting Triple H to come out the following week and say, this is why he turned on you. And we talked about a couple weeks ago what his explanation would be. He didn't come out and do that. At the very least, I was hoping that Rollins would say something, but I don't think he's even said his name. If anything, he's only gone in the face of Stephanie, not really talking about Hunter at all. So I don't know what the deal is with there, but like I've said before, I wrote a whole article about this a couple, like literally last Friday, saying that they should hold off on Triple H being brought back, I don't know, maybe another month or two at the earliest, just because I don't want him showing up on Sunday. There's a chance he might, but I feel like if this match will take place at WrestleMania, and it absolutely should, Rollins, Triple H is a big enough match to take place at Mania. It shouldn't be wasted at freaking Survivor Series or Rumble or Hell in the Cell or whatever. It would just be a total waste. So it's six months out until WrestleMania. I feel like, there's really no rhyme or reason to bring it back right now. There's real no, there's not really a purpose. So I'd wait until at least after survivor series, but I could see why people would be disappointed that we haven't seen him on raw yet since the turn.
1: All right. Now, you know, we're, we're seeing the, the, the beginning of the, I guess the, the evolution of the baby face character for Seth Rollins. And, you can kind of get the idea that they're really going full force when, you know, Stephanie McMahon is is talking down to him in the back. And, of course, anybody would cheer for the person McMahon is talking to. And then going back to Triple H with the whole, you know, uh, Stephanie saying, I had no idea Hunter was going to do that if I did or whatever the case may be. And then then also trying to figure out why Hunter would do that. I know Seth mentioned the fact that then now... He feels like they they are now crowning Kevin Owens as like you know the next top guy, and then my my fear is the fact that I, I I hope that they don't go in the route where the reason why Hunter did what he did is because of like a wrestling typical wrestling angle where Hunter feels like Seth let them down as 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 McMahon pointed out. Where Hunter might feel that he let them, you know, Seth let them down or whatever the case may be and not seeing, not hearing from Hunter. Are, are, are you, are you fearing that the, the buzz that they got three weeks ago from Hunter and, and Seth, the reason why Hunter did what he did may not be suffice enough to really feel like, oh, wow, that's the real reason why he turned on Seth Rollins.
0: A little bit. It's been slightly underwhelming just because, I don't know, it, it's been really weird. The follow-up has been really weird, because people praised and said, oh, this is the greatest ending in recent raw history, and it was. But it feels like they really haven't, and it's, I've said this before, I mean, they've done this every single year for the past, I don't know, five years or so, in that they always have this hot-ass angle to close though, the summer, whether it be Triple H turning on Seth Rollins and Owens no winning the championship, or whether it be the authority being born and Daniel Bryan being screwed out of the title, Orton going heel three years ago. And then they always fail to follow it up the right way. And the ratings just sink. They just drop drastically. And WWE just rolls over and dies. The ratings are in the shitter, probably worse than they've been in at least twenty years from what I've been hearing. And it's embarrassing. And the T V product, I don't think it's been bad. Um, It hasn't been great. That's for sure. At least Raw, anyway. SmackDown's been pretty good. I know we're talking about Raw right now, but um, I don't know the whole reason why as to why Triple H turned on him, and Stephanie's kind of in this weird position where she's playing innocent. Mick Foley trusts her, which I'm sure is going to be leading to Stephanie turning on him at some point, making Mick Foley look like a fool. So I don't know if it's exactly been bad per se, but I'm not exactly sure what to think at this point in time. I guess, like I said, I'm sure we won't get any answers for at least another two or three months, if they give us answers at all. And I'm hoping I'm hoping they do. I mean, I don't want to be overconfident in this company just because they fail to pay off angles all the time. So I guess we'll see where it leads. But um, so far, I'm not really sure what to think of it.
1: I do tend to agree with you with the fact that they tend to not follow up on something that they've, you know, they've got going that that has Twitter buzzing or, or the world of wrestling buzzing. Um, like prime example, like we just said, Seth and Hunter, you got a hot ass angle, and everybody's like, "Oh wow, why Hunter? Well, you know what's going on? Oh, now I gotta, I, I gotta tune into next week, and then you don't see Hunter or hear from him. Like you said, unless it's the cruiserweight championship, then you have, you know, Mick, <laughs> Mick Foley he says, uh, "Hey, Seth Rollins, if you interfere in this match, I'm gonna give severe consequences. You know, whatever." And then all of a sudden, Seth. You know, defies authority and does what he wants, and he interfered in that match uh, with, with Kevin and Reigns last week. And he says, "Well, we're, we're gonna have a chat. We're gonna have a talk. We're, uh, we're gonna have consequences." And then you come out this past Monday, and his consequences—you fight Rusev one on one, and it's like that's that's not how that's not how you pay. <laughs> that's not how you pay something off, man. Because when you got off the air last Monday. Fans fans can be like, oh wow, is, is Mick Foley gonna you know suspend Seth Rollins? Is, is Seth Rollins gonna be in the match at Night uh Night of Champions at Clash of Champions? What's gonna happen? And then his his punishment is fighting Rusev. Now I don't know if that's the writers or whatever case may be, but my thing is as a fan, you like you said you got a hot angle at the end of Raw, and then you follow you, you don't follow you, you, you basically don't follow up with it.
0: Absolutely. Imagine if they did this back in the Attitude Era. I'm not saying that. I'm oh, not God. one of those Attitude Era romanticizers that says the greatest era of all time. And it very well might be. But I'm just saying that. imagine if they did this with Austin back in the Attitude Era when he stunned McMahon, and they put him in a match with Velo Brown, which is pretty much what the equivalent would be if they did this back in 1998. So, yeah, I was thinking the same exact thing. I mean, the punishment for Rollins for attacking Owens last week during the main event was... A match with Rusev. I mean, why couldn't you have done that anyway? Like he faced Jericho a few weeks ago. What's the difference? You know. So yeah, it's it's just stuff like that that just kind of makes people shake their head.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, if you if you look at it, like, you know, you mentioned Attitude Era, and then you know, there's no comparison from back then till now. But it feels like uh, maybe they they're just not putting out the 100 percent effort into really, you know, portraying the storytelling and threading everything from week to week to week. And it's just like, hey, we're going to do this this week and we're going to change it up the following week and then we're going to change it up after that. It's just like n- nothing is continuous. And when you look at the Attitude Era, if, if Stone Cold hits Undertaker on, on, on a Monday, the following Monday is like, why? Or, or, or Taker gets his retaliation or other, other people get involved and it keeps going and it builds the storyline. To me, it feels like, they're just doing it week to week to week. And I know they got, you know, Mother Night Football and all these fall TV shows are starting up. And the ratings the ratings are, are going to kill them uh, for, for the next few months. But it's, it's either they don't care or they're just, like, freaking bored to, to, to not even put the effort, whether it's Raw or SmackDown. SmackDown has been better, but for, for, for Raw, your flagship, it's like, hey, man, can we get something that, that really means something around here? Like
0: I said, I don't I don't want to just say, I don't want to you know, use the excuse that it's the fall so that it's to be expected. But mm. really, I mean, I really expected nothing less. I mean, I was really hoping for a lot coming out of the hot angles, Owens and Triple H angle a few weeks ago. But like I said, it feels like I could name at least five times in the last five to six years that this company has ended the summer on this really hot angle, either at SummerSlam or the next night or a week later, like with Owens winning the belt. And then just going into September, September has always been the worst month of the year for this company. It's just embarrassing because, like I said, they see the ratings, and then they just stop caring until, a like frickin' January, until the Rumble comes around. And it sucks, and the pay per view suffer as a result. So, I mean, like I said, hopefully now with the brand split, it's different. Not the entire product's going to blow. SmackDown's been pretty consistently great ever since the brand split. We'll see about Raw. But I I don't know. I mean, like you said, I mean, we've talked about this before, I'm sure. I know I've said this before, but the whole, as you said, you made a great point with the whole consistency in TV. And that's not just wrestling, too. That's any television show. Imagine if they killed off someone on The Walking Dead one week and the following week they don't even follow it up. You know what I mean? Like, people watch to see what happens next. And if you don't even acknowledge or scrap the idea, sometimes they do shit on one week and they either don't acknowledge it or just abandon it altogether. This company does. And that's not... They say they're a television show. They compare themselves to frickin' Grey's Anatomy and all this other shit. But they're the farthest thing from that. So, in terms of how they write their shows. And most of the time back, and again, I don't want to compare. It's like apples to oranges with the Attitude Era now, as you said. But it's like back in the Attitude Era, you would have an angle start the show, and they would carry that story throughout the night. And sometimes they do that now. But more often than not, it's match, promo, backstage commercial, promo backstage uh, match commercial, just like that. It's, it's wash, rinse, and repeat with this company, especially during football season, where they just stop caring altogether, and it's really a shame.
1: Definitely, man. Um, quick turn to SmackDown. We we finally got the Usos turn a couple of weeks ago, going into backlash, and now they're in they're in full full heel mode, and they're they're going to uh, no mercy to compete for the tag team championship against Heath Slater and Rhino. And my my thing is, uh, are you? Do you feel like the Usos are now going to be the champions at the No Mercy? Or do you feel like them with the American Alpha, their rivalry going on is going to last longer? Or do you feel like they're, they're already going to take the tag titles off of Heath Slater and Rhino?
0: I could see them doing that. I think a lot of people thought that if Slater and Rhino did win, and obviously they did, a lot of people thought they would drop the titles as soon as Tuesday's SmackDown. And I got really, really nervous for a second last week when we saw that. They defended the titles in an impromptu match on SmackDown against the Ascension. I'm like, oh, shit, they're going to drop the belt to the Ascension. Of oh, all people. Thank God that was not the case. Um, like you said, I like the Usos. Now, I mean, I've always liked the Usos, but the heel turn is refreshing. And we've talked about this, I know, a million times, about how stagnant they've been for at least three years now. They've been doing the same shtick for three years. Thank God they finally switched it up. Uh, they have, you know, the accent now. The accent, I mean, they have the, well, look, they got everything going on for themselves now, which is great. They haven't changed their music, which is the only thing I'd rather they, that's the one thing I really want them to change is uh, just their music because I feel like it just screams baby face. But other than that, it's been great. So I'm really happy to see them you know, kind of switching it up. And I'd be fine if they won the belts in No Mercy. I thought they would do Slater and Rhino versus, I don't know, the VOD Villains or Brazongo or something, and then do American Alba versus Usos at the pay-per-view. Obviously did the match on Tuesday between AA and uh, the Usos instead. So I'm fine with the Usos winning the belts just because they're heel now. So, I mean, it's, it, they're really limitless in terms of what they could do. The potential is untapped at this point. And then you could do an Uso's American Alpha program with the title, Slater and Rhino. They can do their thing elsewhere. It doesn't really matter. I mean, they're so entertaining. But um, either outcome I'm happy with, and I think the best part about that match is the fact that I don't know who's going to win. I feel like a lot of the Raw matches on Sunday, oh, that guy's winning, that guy's winning. I mean, again, I hate to compare the two brands, but I feel like SmackDown's killing it right now just in terms of unpredictability. And a lot of these matches could go either way, come no mercy.
1: Yeah, I I you know what? I'm a big fan of, of the direction they are putting Heap Slater in and I I just feel like maybe if if they cut it off already at no mercy, it's just like, all right, now what do you do with Rhino and and Slater? Or I I think I would hope they would keep the tag titles at least maybe to a Survivor Series. I, I doubt the Royal Rumble, but I, I at least have a 2-3 month run and, you know, make the American Alpha go on that long chase. For the tag titles because they were they were they were right there and Usos cut them off and do I do I want to see the Usos win the tag titles right now? Probably not. I think let the heel turn you know fully you know get some steam. But uh, for me, I, I I mean me and you are, are both glad the Usos are, are heels now because their characters were very stale for a long time. At least we're getting you know towards that direction. But I I don't I don't want them to be slater and rhino at no mercy for the tag uh championship but um also want to say that you know the whole thing with the Miz and dove ziggler i i think mean you can also agree that the Miz has been the best heel as far as top to bottom character on the mic um old school tactics best heel in the company right now um being the intercontinental champion for i think 170 days i could be wrong He's still far away from Hoggy Tonk Man's record, and I hope that he goes for that record. I hope they don't have him lose to somebody I have no idea who is capable of beating the Miz, but Dolph Ziggler loses again on, on SmackDown. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but he can't be fighting for the Intercontinental Championship every weekend and losing, uh, Graham. He can't be doing that. <laughs> Hopefully not. I
0: mean, this company, I would not be surprised. Because both times, both the backlash and last night. Ziggler got screwed, quote-unquote, screwed out of the championship. So I could see them doing, I know there were initially rumors of doing a steel cage match at the pay-per-view, but we literally just saw a steel cage match in Monday's Raw. For what reason? I have no idea. So for them to do it literally three weeks or so later for the SmackDown pay-per-view would be a worthless match. So I hope they don't do that. I I don't know. Actually, you know what? They'll probably do a rematch because at this point we have two SmackDowns left until the pay-per-view. And I don't know if they build someone else up in that time frame. It looks like Jack Swagger is facing Baron Corbin. Apollo Crews has not won a match in a month or so. Um Kalisto's still injured. There's really not many other baby faces left. Unless Kane, of all people, which I really hope is not the case. And Orrin's busy with uh, Bray Wyatt. So uh, they'll probably continue the program. I really, 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 really hope it's not building to a Ziggler title. one. I almost had a heart attack last night when he hit the zigzag. And that was a great match, too. But I almost had a heart attack when he hit the zigzag. And he barely kicked out Miz dead, and I was so happy just because, like you said, I really wanted to break the record of the Honky Tonk Man, which is 464 days, something like 54 days, 54 days, 454 days. And as we said a couple weeks ago, he breaks the record on July 3rd, 2017. So we're still nine. It's so a long time, but there's no one else in the roster I could see him or I want him to drop the title to right now. Cruz, they had the chance, they dropped that ball, you know, back at SummerSlam, so. I'd keep the belt on him and, and until that point, unless someone else, you know, someone hotter comes along. And like I said, what's next for Dolph Ziggler? Um, they posted this 30 second video on their YouTube page, WWE did last night after the show, saying that Ziggler's at a loss of words, and they tried to get a comment from him about the match, and he just kind of walked off uh, kind of angrily. So maybe they turn him heel, which I really hope is the case, a lot like the Usos, He's mm. been in desperate need of a fucking heel turn for years now. So hopefully that happens soon. Um, but if not, I have no idea what's next for him, and honestly, I
1: don't really care. I, I I really hope because you know, like you said, if they go the same route of Dolph and The Miz going to to No Mercy, uh, two more Smackdowns left, and they try to build this rivalry, and it's like, and they still don't put the belt on Dolph, then it's like, ah oh, man, like I I think. Yeah, turning him heel is best, but it's like I'm trying to figure out the balance of their roster of how many heels to babyfaces they have. And I don't know if, if making Dolph a heel puts the, the, the balance of power towards the heels over the babyfaces on on, on the roster because I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. But I think he's in dire need of a heel turn. Um, but then again, if the Miz wins... If they do a rematch at No Mercy and he and Miz still is the champion, it's like, I don't know, man. I, like you said, then then now what for Dolph? Does he go to a tag team? Does he go, you know, request a trade to Raw or something like that? It, it, something has to happen with him.
0: With Ziggler or Miz? Ziggler. Ziggler? Yeah, I mean, again, he's got to go heel, I feel like. Otherwise... I wouldn't put him on Raw. I mean, I guess you can, but I feel like that might even be worse off just because, I don't know. I mean, they have such a stacked mid-card as it is right now. I feel like he'd be even more lost in the shuffle on Raw. So, I don't know. Like I said, I would just turn him heel. He could be a top heel on Smackdown. They need more heels. I mean, they have Corbin. They're building him up. That's good. They have AJ, obviously. They're going to probably turn Ambrose at some point, which is also for the better. Um, I think they're pretty fine on baby faces. I would just turn him heel, because other than that, I mean, he's got a year left on his deal, I think a little less than a year, so I think thinking long-term here, they're probably not going to do much of a note with him anyway, unless they intend for him to stick around, but I think he has adamantly said that he will be done in 2017 when his contract wraps up, so he can go do comedy or whatever the hell he wants to do, which is for the better. I like Dolph Ziggler, but we've literally seen it all with this guy to the point where they're retreading feuds, and unless they turn him heel, which would be a nice little run for him before he leaves which I'm sure is almost guaranteed, I just I don't know what else you could do that would interest me at this point.
1: Unless you're bringing back the hardcore title or European title for Dolph Ziggler. Maybe. you <laughs> can,
0: can pull out and uh, just do an all-out Shawn Michaels and give him the, <laughs> just give him the European Championship. Yeah, bring that's... back Diesel. I think we talked about that a while ago, but bring back fucking Diesel and just put him <laughs> like, nah, Dolph Ziggler at this point.
1: Hey, man, nobody even remembers the the, the, the European title. Known, unless you're a really smart guy like me, you would know Shawn Michaels held the belt you know, in, in yeah. 1997. But like I said, man, I really hope they do. My thing is I want Dolph to succeed, but then it's like I want the Miz to have the belt for a very, very long time and break that record. And, and if they go the route of putting the belt back on Dolph, then it's like, hey, it is what it is, man. At least you're giving him... Some sort of title run. But I think The Miz. His character. His attitude now. Um, pretty much one of the top three people on SmackDown. Uh, Heel wise. Probably number one. Aside Kevin Owens and N.A.J. style. So it's like. You have this guy red hot. But you have this other guy on the other side. That needs a win badly. He lost to. Ambrose at SummerSlam. He lost to Miz at Backlash. He lost to Miz again on, on Tuesday. It's like when is enough is enough, but I just don't see him getting that upper echelon push when he have the Miz red hot right now. So it just you know remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Miz is the infinitely hotter superstar right now. He has much more momentum than Ziggler does, especially coming off that Talking Smack SmackDown, which I'm really glad they capitalized off of. I mean, I was kind of skeptical that they wouldn't, but thankfully they have. He's been on fire right now, definitely one of the best deals, not only on SmackDown, but in the entire company right now. The mocking Daniel Bryan thing I think is awesome. Um, I like the little storyline they did over the weekend where they're updating each day on the website that Miz might be traded to Raw and they were in contract negotiations. Like, that's real sports shit. And that's really cool. They incorporated that into the storyline for, for Miz and Debry. So, um, yeah, I, I, have, I again, we've seen Ziggler as champion four, five times before. Um, so, I mean, we've seen Miz as champion multiple times before, too. But I feel like he's got something going for him right now. Ziggler does not. You can have good matches with Ziggler as champion, but we, with who, though? I mean, he's faced Swagger a million times. He's faced Baron Corbin, God forbid, a million times. Who else is there really on the smackdown side, unless AJ gets demoted to the IC title picture, which he obviously should not, and he won't while he's WWE champion. There's no one really. There, there's not many ex, you know exciting potential opponents for Ziggler, unless it he goes heel. Like it's, that's really the only answer. I hate to keep on saying that, but uh, that's that's really the only answer for any you know for any chance of success for Ziggler by this point in time.
1: We're chatting with Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report here on the Cruise Control Podcast. He's on. Twitter at Russell Rant. Uh, you mentioned the the the, <laughs> the Kevin Owens Roman Reigns match on Raw in a steel cage in a non-title match, which made no sense from the get-go because you 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 kind of knew who was gonna win once they said one Stephanie who really had to make the point out to say oh it's a non-title match. And mm-hmm. It's like. You know, as a fan, even as a casual fan who might have tuned in for Raw for the first, you know, half hour. They're like, you know, why do I have to watch the the main event when I already know who's going to win? And again, I know football is on and shit like that. But it's like you want to have that casual fan turn on for that third hour, that crucial third hour where a lot of people tend to turn their freaking channels and say, you know what? If they got the champion and a challenger and a steel cage for the championship Okay, so there is a 50-50 chance the champion might lose. But if you say cage, non-title, it's like, like what, what's the fucking point?
0: It was just so stupid. I mean, I get to them promoting the steel cage match a week in advance to kind of rival football. They announced Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns a week out last week in the main event of last week's RAW, they just assumed at the start of the uh, the opening of the pro. I'm sure it's like a, it was a last minute decision, not something they decided on over the week. And I'm sure they decided on it like literally five minutes before they went live. The writing team that they're going to do a steel cage match. Um, I mean, that's just, why. I mean, Owens beat him in the main event of RAW. Just leave it at that. Was it really fucking necessary to give Roman Reigns his win back over the world champion? I mean, it could have been worse. He could have pinned him, but still, the match was really good. Don't get me wrong, they have good chemistry, but it's like, but why, why? The the steel cage match, and this is a much bigger issue, which I could probably rant about this for hours, so I'll keep it brief, but the steel cage match in this company has been so domesticated. They have such, they've really undervalued this concept over the past 10, 15 years to the point where it means absolutely nothing. It's just, it's just a match. No one cares. I mean, I'm glad there was no interference, which is almost always happens in every single fucking steel cage match in this company. But the, the fact that happened, on an episode of Raw, when they announced it at the start of the show, it just it was just so mind-boggling. So, like you said, it beat the world champion for no reason. Roma gets nothing out of this. They said it was a non-title match. So maybe this makes it a triple threat match at fucking uh, uh, whatever the next pay-per-view is. Oh, Hell in a over Cell. Over Hell in a Cell. Yeah, Hell in a Cell. I guess with Reigns, Rollins, and Owens, maybe, because he has a case that he beat Owens technically, but... I don't know. I mean, I can't complain because the match was all right, but it just the outcome and just the booking of it was just so stupid. And again, that kind of the whole goes back to the whole that they just kind of roll over and die during the fall where they just kind of throw shit at the wall and see who wins. It's like they're simulating these matches at random. It's not even like they're booking this shit, which is what scares me the most.
1: But, yeah, but my thing is, do, do you feel like that's the way they wanted to look or do you really feel like... Uh, hey, guys, it's 7.30, you know, what's the main event? Oh, who's going over? Oh, yeah, by the way, like, do you think they're really just, like, just putting, you know, anything out there? Or this is how they really, you know, want the fans to, to really think that that's how they operate nowadays?
0: That'd be even scarier. I mean, if they plan to sell <laughs> well in advance, that, ooh, a steel cage match would be a good idea for the go-home show before a pay-per-view that does not feature any sort of hardcore match whatsoever, That that's even more concerning. So, I mean, I hope it was a last-minute decision, which I kind of think it is just because they're really known for hot shot booking at this point in time. They're trying to rival the ratings. Oh, what are they going to get people to stick around and shit? So, again, especially coming off last. I mean, yeah, you know what? Now that I think about it, coming off of last week, and this, week, this week's rating was even worse, but last week's rating was like a 1.8 or something. So they probably saw them like, oh, we got to do something big for this next week's Raw. Oh, let's make it a steel cage. And Raw was already over at that point, so they couldn't announce it last week on the show. So, I mean, I guess they could have announced it on the website over the weekend or something. I don't know. But still, I mean, I don't know. I guess just the whole booking of it was really strange. All I can say is that just prepare for a lot of that over the next couple of months because I feel like this is not the last time they're going to make a dumb decision and us be, you know, ranting about it whatever else. I'm sure there's many more dumb decisions to come from this company in the months that follow.
1: You know, Grant, I, I'm, I'm more of a fan that... Um I guess when you watch wrestling, they, they always need the storyline has to really be there for me to really like, enjoy it. I mean, as a wrestling fan, you're still going to watch it because they're wrestling. We all get that, but the storylines add more to it, more feeling, you know, have a, an emotional whatever to, to the match or, or, or the, the the person you like or don't like, and and I just feel like yes, SmackDown is the better show right now but not by a lot but i think in, in both raw and smackdown they're just going out having these matches and it's like really no nothing at stake that there's no real meaning for the wrestling fan or the casual fan to really feel emotionally invested in watching every monday night or, or every tuesday night where you know okay i see you know cesaro and Sheamus every every you know every freaking week okay and i know it's it, it's a best of 7 all right, so after that one they never they never even mentioned the winner gets a championship title match um at the end. It that kind of got thrown around in the middle of this series. We still don't know what championship they're going to go after. They could be the, the 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 world championship, it could be the intercontinental championship, it could be the US title, It could be any, any you know any championship. Um the storylines are just not there even with the the, the Bailey Charlotte And and, and Sasha Banks, it sounds cool, but it's like, what's the real heat going into Clash of Champions? What's the real heat going into a pay-per-view called No Mercy? When you hear No Mercy, you feel like these two guys or these two girls really hate each other. They got, you know, heat. They're they're rivals. They don't like each other. They're going to do everything they can to make you not become champion or not have you win. And it's like we have a big pay-per-view like No Mercy or Clash, and it feels like, we're just having matches, and there's, there's nothing really to be emotionally invested in, and I think that's the main problem going on today. It is. I mean,
0: it's not really us, per se, just because we're always going to watch regardless, but it is those casual viewers, as you mentioned, that there's really, I mean, there are stuff to get invested in. I'm not saying, again, the product shit. There, is, there are stuff to get excited about, but Especially with Raw, I mean, like, you think, it, you think of Rollins and Owens, and I'm looking forward to it because it's something fresh. You've never seen it before. The match would be great. Um, the feud's been all right. But it's just, I don't know, Rollins has yet to really cut that rallying, defining babyface promo. He's just kind of been really doing his thing. I mean, that's not really much. And I don't know. I mean, a lot of the matches, again, I'm looking forward to from an in-ring standpoint. The booking of the women's match of the pay-per-view has been abysmal. It went from being Charlotte and Sasha, and they scrapped it, to again Charlotte and Sasha, and then it changed to a triple threat. And At one point, I think it might have been Charlotte and Bay. I don't even really remember. The whole booking of that be- is- has been abysmal. But again, the match should be good. Cesaro and Sheamus has been all right. The match should be good. I have no idea still whether something is at stake or not. They haven't really clarified that. Um, the tag team title match... Seen it before. The U.S. title match. Seen it before. So I really want to think that starting Monday's Raw, starting next week, we'll start to get fresh views. For the most part, like again, the world title picture is fresh. But I really want to think they'll start a new starting Monday's Raw and they kind of move on from these SummerSlam rehash programs. But yeah, like you said, I totally agree. There's like not a lot to get invested in for the casual viewers right now. SmackDown, they've been doing a better job. But as you said, like no mercy. They really need to give it you know, that, that personal vendetta-like feel to make it feel like every match in the show has this personal grudge, and there's no mercy between these two superstars. Right. The Clash of Champions, cool name, glad to bring it back the WCW lineage, but I, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that what's, how is this any different than SummerSlam? Every title in the company was on the line at SummerSlam. How the fuck is Clash of Champions any different? They probably have even... Less, a lesser number of championships on the line defended on Sunday at a pay-per-view called Clash of Champions than they did at SummerSlam. That's been the issue for years. So, again, um, it's just, I don't know, they just really need to start delivering the content better so more people will get invested in these storylines and kind of think long-term. because If they get more people invested now, the more people will start to think like, oh, wow, they got a great thing going. I'll start to tune in more regularly starting next week.
1: Since we mentioned uh, the cage match with with, with Owens and Reigns, I did have a Twitter question from E13A. Was the steel cage match on Raw just an excuse to have Seth Rollins do the crossbody from the top?
0: Probably. Now that I think about it, I would not be surprised.
1: Yeah, man. I I mean, if, if that's the sole purpose to have a, a freaking cage match so Seth Rollins can go up there and do his crossbody, and and now you have this thing where, you know, one, the payoff, the, the, uh, the thing with, with Mick Foley, the punishment for Seth Rollins was to be, uh, fight Rusev, and that ended up in a freaking double countout, so there goes that. And then now he's, quote-unquote, maybe helping Reigns out, so you're kind of teasing some sort of... Shield kind of thing which I think they won't even follow up with it next week They just act like it like it never happened and and again That's the problem where you do something one week and you don't follow up with it the following week and it's like hey Didn't Seth Rollins just help Roman Reigns out and we're, we're just gonna act like that shit never happened?
0: Yeah, that's the thing. I mean there was also something that happened after Raw 2 where it was weird I don't know if it was just me, but they had Rollins like you said do the crossbody off the top of the cage and they ended just like that. The cage was still down. All four men were still inside the cage. And that was it. They just went off the air. They didn't do a follow up on the network. And I was looking at photos from the match to include in an article and there were photos of what happened afterwards. Mm-hmm. I guess the cage went up. The heels started attacking those guys and like you said he helped out Roman Reigns. So, I mean, did it happen or did it not really like in in this universe or was it just for the life or just for the live crowd? I'm not really sure. It's really confusing, but Yeah, like we said, Rollins technically helping out Reigns is a big deal. I mean, these guys haven't been on the same side in over two and a half years. Will they follow it up on it next week? Probably not. They should. Um, So I'm not getting my hopes up just because I don't think they will. But I I just thought it was a really abrupt ending for some reason. I don't know why. Like when AJ delivered that low blow to Ambrose a few weeks ago on SmackDown, then it just kind of ended. It was like, that's it? Like I was expecting more. It wasn't bad. It was just like, I don't know. I feel like we've been getting a lot of those kind of endings recently for both Raw and SmackDown.
1: Yeah, and 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 that was the the go home to to backlash where the the, the main heat the main exactly. reason why they're having a championship match is because we're talking about trophies and hitting people down in the nuts, and that was the heat going into a, a freaking pay per view for the for the world championship.
0: Thank you, Exactly. I don't know why it is. It's the go home shows for some reason. Like this year was. I mean, Monday was no different. Like you said, it's also a go home show. He jumps off the top of the cage. Cool sight. But what does this have anything to do with Monday, with, with Sunday's show? Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. they've got to start delivering better go-home shows.
1: That's all. It's like you have, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Let's say there's nine matches on on, on, on class champions. And some of them will go on the pre-show. But then it's like, did you really help build any of those matches going you know, on the go home show of Raw, like, I know we'll get to it, but it's like, mind you, Backlash had six matches. Now, Raw just happens to have nine because they just want to throw out freaking nine matches. And maybe Nia Jackson, Alicia goes on pre show. Um, and I think the other ones might go on the air. So we talk about eight matches on the air on the actual pay per view compared to Backlash's six. Before I get to that, um, maybe a bright side the the whole cruiserweight division came to raw uh even though in you know it came in the third hour um i think we're i think we're getting too much mick foley talking on the microphone he he mumbles his words He he's, he's trying to do too much he's always in the first segment i love mick foley but it's like the cruiserweight division you know maybe unless he felt like a lot of people or casual fans may have never seen the cruiserweight division on the network and had to do some kind of intro. Okay. I get it, but don't be there for like 10 minutes. Talk about, Hey, this is going to be great guys. And you know, these guys are going to be doing all, all kind of crazy stuff. This is going to be magic. And then it makes me feel like well, these guys wrestle already, just, just, just shut up and just get out the ring and let these four guys go at it. And you had rich Swan, metallic, uh, Cedric Alexander, Brian Kendrick, and they went at it. Great match. Um, Brian Kendrick won. He goes on to face TJ Perkins for the Cruiserweight Championship on Sunday. You don't, see the, you don't see the Cruiserweight Champion at all on Raw, which is another question mark. So what was your whole take on the um, inclusion of the Cruiserweight division finally on Raw, Kendrick winning, and you don't see the champion nor the belt on Raw?
0: Yeah, I would agree. It was a mixed bag. I mean, I liked it overall, but it was pretty weird, all things considered. The match itself was great, like you said. But at the same time, the introduction was weird. And especially at that point, like if it's in the opener, okay, maybe you can have Mick Pullen come out, but this is like fucking 10, 30, like 10, 25. People were hoping, myself included, that they would open the show with the Cruiserweights.
1: Like they opened
0: it with the, with the promo instead and they, I thought they were going to do it in the opening match, and they waited two fucking hours to do it. I'm like, oh, my God. Maybe they wanted to liven up the third hour. I don't really know what their logic was. And the crowd was into it, but I don't know. I feel like they, they should be an 8 o'clock staple like it was in WCW. They don't take many things from WCW, but they should take decks. That, that was one thing they did great. So, anyway, that's for future reference, but that was weird. And then Nick Foley, I mean, I don't blame him for reading off the note cards, but it's like... I feel like he hasn't even watching the show at all based off the way that he presented this. I feel like it was so generic. I feel like Amara Ronaldo or a Daniel Bryan would have done wonders for those guys. They would have had, they would not have had the read-off of no cards. So I don't know, that was that was also weird. The match was good, no issues with that. Kendrick winning, no issues with that. The guy's deserved. I don't think he's winning, but I think he I think he was a worthy winner. And everyone in the match is a star for the most part, so it didn't really matter who won. And then T J Perkins, who they showed a video of winning the Cruiserweight Championship. Technically, other than the CWC, Perkins, not even technically, he has not been on Raw at all. I mean, via video packages, sure, but he has not been on Raw at all. So the casual viewers that they don't watch the CWC have no reason to give a shit about this guy. And I mean, the least they could have done was put him on commentary, or at least have him come out, which was just bizarre that he even meant He was there, too. I mean, I saw him in a video afterwards talking with Kendrick, so he was backstage. So, yeah, just a lot of weird decisions, I would say. But overall, I was pleased. I mean, I like the decision. I like the idea of a cruiseway division on Raw. And I think it could go really well the guys they have. I hear Akira Tozawa will be a part of it. Jack Gallagher, that guy's fucking great. I heard he was backstage and he'll be a part of it soon, too. Um, and a few others. So I'm looking forward to how it plays out. Kirkano and Chomper, too. But I think, just, I don't know, The, the from the get go, it was weird. I think it might be the best way to sum it up.
1: I got a second Twitter question from at Wade Ilson regarding the cruiserweight. He said the cruiserweight match was the highlight of Raw. Do you think Cedric Alexander will stay in the division that long?
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's will he stay? No, for a long, maybe for the foreseeable future, I could see. But the guy's a star. That guy should have been. I feel like he could be an upper mid-card guy on SmackDown right now. I mean, he could be the guy who beats The Miz for the Intercontinental Championship. So, um, no, he should not be there for long. He can have great matches with Kendrick and Perkins and whoever else for the time being. But long-term, the guy deserves to be much higher on the card, yeah.
1: All right. One one, one, uh, quick thing before I get to the Clash uh, predictions. We saw Dean Ambrose beat John Cena last night, uh, defeat him clean in the ring with a (laughs) roll-up, a freaking roll-up. Yeah, so um, now Ambrose goes into next Tuesday and gets the one-on-one rematch for the WWE Championship against AJ Styles. I don't think he's going to win the match. Um, What's your take on Dean Ambrose getting a title match, a one-on-one title match, and then also will, will be in the triple threat match at No Mercy?
0: I'm happy with the way they booked this. I, liked it. I was really expecting a double DQ of some sort, in Ambrose and Cena last night to The clean finish really took me by surprise. So if anyone's still complaining about Cena burying people, kiss my ass. This guy's been putting people over left... He put over fucking Alberto Del Rio in an eight-minute match last year. He shouldn't have, but he did. He put over Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan a few years ago. Right. He put over uh, AJ Styles clean at SummerSlam. He just put over Dean Ambrose on an episode of SmackDown. He beat him clean. So anyone that's complaining about this guy not putting people over is just out of their mind. Mm. So regardless, um, I, I liked it. I thought the match was good. The fact that Ambrose and Styles is happening one-on-one next week is huge, and I'm, I'm fine with it. I mean, uh, I think it was Shane that promised Ambrose. It was either Brian or Shane. I forgot who it was. Last week on the show, he said, you will get your one-on-one rematch at some point. And technically, he is getting a title shot at the pay-per-view. But they did something similar. Uh, only a few months ago, before the Shield triple threat, they did Ambrose and Rollins for the belt one on one, both on Raw and SmackDown before the pay per view. So it's not the first time they've done this. It's a nice little, you know, uh, a boost in ratings, I guess, for SmackDown. Advertising the match a week out is great. Um, it's technically a pay per view rematch between uh, Ambrose and Styles, so they're going back to that. I'm totally fine. Obviously, Styles is winning. I don't know why you take the belt off him in three weeks, especially before the pay per view. But uh, I was fine with it. I thought it's. I thought it was really good booking. So I'm looking forward to that match. I mean, I know who's going to win. I know who's retaining. But um, I think the way they booked this was really, really well done. They didn't have Styles or they didn't have Cena win. They didn't have it go to a double DQ. They gave Ambrose the momentum he needed going into the match with AJ Styles. So again, I, I like the way they booked this through and through.
1: No, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of Cena losing clean in the ring. Um, you know, I'm watching it, we're all watching it, and we're like, oh, shit, like, John Cena lost clean. Like, with, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it was with a Dirty Deeds, it could have been a lot better, but with a roll-up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, regardless, Dean Ambrose did beat John Cena. I think it, it, it does add intrigue to the triple threat match at No Mercy. And then, you know, if, I, I guess for a SmackDown overall, like, oh, wow, maybe you just never know what's going to happen. Like, even the almighty John Cena can take an L on SmackDown. Now you just never know, and again, it just all goes to the whole Raw SmackDown. What's the better product? What's the better show? SmackDown is the better show overall. It just gives you that feeling, like you know, it's more of a wrestling show, more storylines. Everything is threading through, and um, so we'll you know we'll see Dan Ambrose and AJ for the title next week, and of course the triple threat match at No Mercy. Um, which which reign, which uh, which record do you feel like will go down first? Because John Cena did mention it. The Ric Flair record, 16-time champion record, or Miz breaking Honky Tonks Intercontinental Championship reign? Which one you think will fall first?
0: Oh, good question. Um, Cena. I think Cena's won in the belt before. I mean, like we said earlier, I, as I mentioned earlier, Miz breaks the record if he breaks the record. It would be on July 3rd, 2017. So that's not not for another nine or ten months. I mean, I thought Cena would have been champion a year ago. I thought he would have broke the record a year ago. So the fact he hasn't been world champion in over two years, and right. people are still complaining, doesn't put people over, or he's still burying people, blows my mind. Those people will just never be satisfied. So anyway, um, I think he will be champion at some point in the foreseeable future. Probably not in No Mercy, but I could see them pulling. I mean, it would be stupid to do it in No Mercy just because it's No Mercy. It's a B-level pay-per-view. That, you know, that's a big moment. He's not breaking the record, but he is only tying the record. Um, if he wins 16 world titles, which is... WWE's fake number—that's not even a real number. I mean, I think he's won over. <laughs> according to Dave Meltzer, he's won like twenty to twenty-two titles. So anyway, according to WWE, at sixteen world championships for Ric Flair. So, regardless, I think he breaks the record um, either before or at WrestleMania thirty-three. That's my prediction, which would be well before Miz breaks his record. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say Cena breaks the record before Miz does.
1: So you're saying before you know when it's all said and done, when when Cena retires, he'll had the most reigns. As champion, right?
0: I think so. I mean, people have told me there's no way that's happened. I'm thinking, I don't know how they could. Have. I mean, I feel like they would be regretful if they hadn't go this far um, to have him win 15 titles and not win a 16. So I feel like they, I mean, they always, Michael Cole touts him all the time. Always the greatest of all time. He's the greatest of all time. I know people, obviously, but uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be pissed mm-hmm. if he broke the record. He shouldn't. I don't think he should. Um, I wouldn't be mad, but I think he will, though, absolutely.
1: I know Triple H ain't that far behind, right? 13, 14, maybe? 14, I know,
0: as of this year when he won the Bell. And I know that's not happening because I know he's obviously not as full-time as Cena. So unless he gets greedy, and I think the one run this year was kind of like a last hurrah kind of thing, which I was flying with. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully he's not the one. I think, again, John Cena's around. He is a part-timer by definition, technically, now. But he's still around a lot more regularly than Triple H, so I think he is definitely breaking the record at some point. I mean, he could have another fucking five years left in him, and I think the fact that John Cena want to win the world title, especially now that there's two world championships in the next five years, is ridiculous. So I think he is breaking the record at some point.
1: All right, last question before we get to predictions um, from at Johnny NBA. Do you feel like uh, do you feel like a pay per view every two weeks? Is too much to handle? And also, which match are you most excited about for Clash of Champions?
0: Ooh, two good questions. I think it is um, too much to have two pay-per-views a month or like a pay-per-view every two weeks. I mean, I see why they do it because they want to kind of really emphasize the brand split. I still would have just had pay-per-views be um, both brands, like the way it was before the brand split. The first brand split died. Um, I mean, by that point, the brand split was already kind of dead anyway by 2011. But that's what they did. They had Raw and SmackDown mix it up on every pay-per-view, not every two months. Or, you know, that's what I would do. If they're going to do this, have, like, do SummerSlam and then have a September pay-per-view be on, you know, Backlash or SmackDown. The October month is Raw. Like, that's the way they did it back in the day. And I feel like it allows more time to build up matches over time. And you could do more meaningful stuff on TV. That's the way that I would do it. Um, I mean, I'm still going to watch all these shows anyway because they've been decent so far. Backlash was really good. We'll see about Sunday. Um, but speaking of Sunday, so for Clash of Champions, the match I'm most looking forward to, uh, that's a good question. I think Owens and Rollins could be really good. We got a lot of good matches on Sunday. I mean, I think Owens Rollins could be great. The women's match could be really, really good. Zane Jericho. But if I have to be honest, I think Perkins and Kendrick will go out there and contest the best match of the night. So probably Kendrick and Perkins.
1: <laughs> real quick <laughs> um, going back to, to, to the Cruiserweight I, I'm not sure if you follow Eric Bischoff on Twitter but do you yes or no I, uh, I think I do I do I do okay now <laughs> and that was so funny because once the, once the Cruiserweight stuff was on TV <laughs> he quoted you know the the main company put up you know up next highly anticipated arrival Cruiserweight stuff so he quoted a tweet <laughs> and he said in capital letters Brilliant concept,
0: <laughs> <laughs> classic Bischoff.
1: Classic Bischoff, man. I, I mean, well, you know what can you say, man? This, this, this was the guy that introduced the cruiserweights to primetime TV back on Nitro. Like you said, first half hour hour was was the, was the cruiserweights with, with Mysterio and Jericho, Milenko and then, I guess, like you said, it, it, it's nothing new. You know, I guess they just needed time to fill up the three hours. But you know, of all people to say brilliant concept, um, why not have it be Eric Bischoff, right?
0: Exactly. I mean, I would think so. I mean, I think he, you know, like you said, he was really kind of the head honcho behind it. I mean, this isn't the first time WWE's done it. Right. And the light heavyweight division before they did the cruiserweight division, both bombed miserably. Um, I think Bishop, it just surprises me, really. I mean, they did the the whole DVD on him. He was on Legends with JBL late last year. They had the DVD out on him a couple months ago, just recently, actually, Mm -hmm. Um, I think over the summer. So it surprises me he's not working with them in a more official capacity, maybe not as an agent, but I don't know. I feel like he should be doing more with them because he's such a great mind. For all the shit that people say about him and the fact that he quote-unquote killed TNA, which is probably true, he didn't help TNA. I don't know if he killed him, but he certainly didn't help him. But I feel like if he's not given too much power, he can be a real valuable asset to this company, whether it be on TV or off TV. Um, hopefully, that happens at some point. But yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him involved as a company, specifically the Cruiseweights, I
1: would say. Yeah, uh, big fan of Bischoff right here. So, Clash of Champions, uh, Graham. Let's get right to it. Uh, the highly anticipated Nia Jax Alicia Fox match. What you got? It got to be Nia,
0: Alicia Fox. Just kidding. It's got to be Nia Jax. I mean, I'm fine I'm totally fond of this on the kickoff show. It's belongs right. in the kickoff show. So yeah, Nia Jax,
1: obviously. All right. <laughs> Same here. Uh, we went through T.J. Perkins and uh, Brian Kendrick. We both got T.J. Perkins. Correct.
0: We. Do. Um, yeah, Uh-oh. I think, yeah, no, Kendrick can't win. Yeah, totally
1: Perkins. Okay, T.J. Perkins. Um, what else we got here? We have Sammy Zayn, Chris Jericho.
0: This is tough, because I could see Jericho winning and then Zane getting his win at the next, or the following pay-per-view. Um... Zane's better as an underdog. Anyway, I'll say Jericho. I'll say Jericho for now and then. Zane gets his win back at some point. Maybe it's Hell in the Cell or something.
1: Yeah, I think I think Jericho's on, on a little run right now. Um, you know, he he's just phenomenal. He just you know hysterical. Just just making anything I, something out of out of nothing with the whole I'm gonna make a list. And everybody thought he was you know going back to that armbar list back on Nitro. He really had that 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 segment to himself. I think. I would say Jericho, and then they do it again at Hell in a Cell. Zayn wins. And also, just to keep in mind, it may not mean nothing, but Survivor Series is in Canada. So, even when it comes to, to Sami Zayn, Jericho, Kevin Owens, I'm not saying for the world title, but I think might, you know, maybe all three of those guys might have something to do with each other going into Survivor Series with it being... I think I think in Toronto. So, anyways, yeah, we both got Jericho, uh, Cesaro, Sheamus. Game seven, match seven, whatever you want to call it. Who do you got? <laughs> gotta
0: be Cesaro. If Sheamus wins, I'll cry. Just because why? No one gives a shit about this guy. He's better as a heel, but it's like saying I don't know. Just no one cares about this guy. No one cares about this guy for the past fifteen years. No one has cared about Sheamus. So I don't know. I feel like Cesaro has got to win here just because he deserves the win. No one cares about Sheamus. He's got to win, so definitely Sheamus. I or, mean, sorry, Cesaro. Cesaro. Fuck.
1: Fuck oh, Sheamus. Okay. Oh. So now my thing is is even if, if if Sheamus was to win, now like I said before, they never said what championship match they were going for. They just had a future title shot. So I think if I want. I think it'd be stupid to say, you know what, I did all this for a U.S. title match, or I did all this for an Intercontinental Championship match, and everybody wants to be the world champion, but. Let's say Sheamus does win, and we don't know the outcome of, of Rusev and Reigns. Can we see these guys? Maybe Sheamus go after the go after Rusev U.S. title, or do, are we seeing Sheamus or Cesaro going after the Universal title, or dare I say, the heavyweight championship on SmackDown?
0: Ooh, that'd be nice. They didn't specify what title. So, yeah, I, I can totally see that. And I didn't mention am I'm going to go with Cesaro going after Rusev. Um, I think Cesaro wins and he goes after Rusev. I don't think he'll be in the universal title. I think they're going to do Owens and Rollins. And I love what you said earlier. Owens, Jericho, they take my fucking money. But if they don't, I mean, I can, I, so that being said, I don't see Cesaro going after the universal title. But I'm going to SmackDown at some point. If they do Cena Ambrose, and I thought they would do Orton Styles, and they still could down the line, but you could do Cesaro Styles at some point in the near future. That'd be pretty sexy. So, anyway, um, I got Cesaro winning, but I like that idea a lot of doing Cesaro on SmackDown getting a title opportunity. I mean, if Foley did say a championship, I feel like it'd be weird for him to trade Cesaro willingly to SmackDown, so we'll see. Mm -hmm. Uh, But maybe Cesaro has a loophole in his contract, but yeah, I'd, I'd be down for that, certainly.
1: Alright, the New Day, Gallows, and Anderson for the tag team, or the Raw tag team championship. Uh, Do we see the New Day finally fall, or do we see uh, the rain continue for New Day?
0: I think the New Day finally falls. I mean, they've really managed to make me not care about the club. I hate to say it, but the booking of these guys ever since the feud started has been atrocious. I mean, some people like the good doctor stuff. I never got a laugh out of it once. The good or the old day shit a couple of weeks ago was awful. It was one of the worst things I've seen Terrible. in a long time. And they just lose. They beat the New Day last week, but all they do is lose. They lost every single match before last week, and they lost this week, too. They're losers. So that said, I think they'll <laughs> belt on the losers, and they'll win on Sunday, so... Um, again which is probably the best thing they need to switch up the tag team scene on Raw anyway but uh, I got the club winning we have new tag team champions
1: I mean the whole story going into the tag team championship match is is really really what like what's the what's the feud what's the rivalry about what's the heat going on between New Day and, and, and Gallows and Anderson they just trade skits in the ring and that's, and, again, that's what I'm talking about where I, I want to care about the tag team championship, but I think the belts going on somebody new would, would be, you know, refreshing. I don't think the the, the, the New Day needs to have the the, the the tag title. So maybe something new for Gallows and Anderson, they'll, they'll, I think they'll win the belts. Hopefully they'll win the belts and become new tag team champions of Raw. Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Bailey triple threat match. Women's Championship, uh, Raw leads SmackDown and triple threat matches and fatal four way matches. Um, who do you have, Charlotte Bailey or Sasha Banks? Charlotte
0: just beat Sasha for the belt three weeks after she won it, or a month after she won it. So I think it'd be uh, just ridiculous to take the title off Charlotte at this point. They're just going to play hot potato with the thing. Sasha held it from, I mean, I could see her winning it again, but. I don't know. I really don't want to see that right now. I think Charlotte has to win. She pinned Bailey or something. Um, Bailey. I I will say this: I love Bailey, but I I love her so much that I don't want her to win, just because I feel like that's a moment best saved to WrestleMania. They'd be really leaving money on the table if they did it on Sunday. So it really doesn't matter to me who wins, as long as Bailey loses. And that's not because I don't like her; it's because I do like her, and I feel like her moment is best saved for a bigger stage. So anyway, my official prediction's got to be Charlotte.
1: All right, Uh, I would say Charlotte as well. I I just feel like, like you said, she just won the belt at SummerSlam. Um, Maybe Survivor, maybe Royal Rumble, the belt comes off of her. But I think it's too early for Bailey. I think even the build-up, including Sasha Banks, hasn't been all there. Um, So, like you say, it's a little funny with this whole triple threat. And it was supposed to be a Sasha-Charlotte Rematch one on one. If it was one on one, then maybe I'll lean toward Sasha Banks. You know, big fan of hers. But once you put Bailey in there, it's like, you know, t- you know, too early. They'll probably have a Sasha Bailey thing going at it for for a couple. Dana Brooke gets in, you know involved somehow. I know she is. It just to what extent? And I think Charlotte would have the belt at least to Survivor or maybe the Royal Rumble. Um, U.S. Title, Roman Reigns. Everybody's fan favorite against Rusev. Who do you have?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just not feeling a Reigns win. Not because I don't like him, just because, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm, I don't feel like Reigns will win. I, he could. I just don't really have the feeling that he will. So I'm going to go with Rusev via cheating or something. And maybe they'll wrap up the feud. I'd be fine with them. Can, maybe not, actually. I really want some new feuds. But I could see them doing this until Hell in the Cell, inside of Hell in the Cell, if they want to do that, just because it's been going on for so long. But.
1: I think Rusev retains her, though. I mean, if, if I was writing, which I'm not, I, I would say regardless of who wins, Rusev or Reigns, I would assume this match will be after Cesaro and Sheamus. And so let's say Cesaro wins. And then Rusev and, and Reigns are fighting. The winner, you know, Reigns wins, whatever. And then either Sheamus or Cesaro comes out and attacks Reigns as the US champion then it's like alright now we know what championship match you, you want so like just to add something new different intriguing they may not go for the world title they might just want to mess with the US title but something has to has to happen in that match where you know do I see Reigns winning I, I, I don't he, he won on Raw before SummerSlam and I think this is where Rusev gets that, that win back um, from, that, from that Raw prior to SummerSlam so even even if he wins I think Cesaro or Sheamus if I was writing it would come out and interfere at the end and just kind of give that indication like hey Rusev you know what I'm next
0: I would like that I think we need to see more of that on these tape reviews and Raws where they're not just delivering <clears throat> you know, a finish, a satisfying finish or whatever the building to the next, and they should always be looking forward. Like when Zayn won the NXT Championship, he was immediately attacked by Kevin Allen. Like you know what's coming up next, and they should be doing more of that on the main roster too. So, yeah, I would love to see I, again Reigns winning. Worst thing? No, I think it's fine for the title. Um, but I not mean, think Rusev's the. I feel like he has more momentum right now than Reigns does. So I don't know, but yeah, I would like to see. I would like to see Rusev win, and then Cesaro comes out and. You know, proclaims you shot him, cashing in tomorrow on Raw or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, I would love to see something like that. That I mean, would be great.
1: Or even if if Reigns was to lose, he comes out later on in that heavyweight uh, Universal Championship and gets himself involved and can can uh, form the triple threat match at Hell in a Cell. Anyway, Universal Championship match: Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins does the Kevin Owen the the Kevin Owens show continue as universal champion after clash of champions
0: it should kevin oh, owens so? show should not end on sunday i mean no. the, end the match is gonna be great from an entering standpoint sky is blue what else is new but uh owens is just getting started i know rollins i thought about this earlier i know he won technically the belt for like a minute at money in the bank before ambrose cashed in But he lost at that pay-per-view, technically. He lost at Battleground. He lost at SummerSlam. So if he loses again on Sunday, he's technically a loser. But I feel like because he's turned he turned babyface, it kind of, like, reignited his career. So I feel like those losses don't matter. It's kind of weird to say, but I feel like people aren't thinking of him as a loser just because he feels fresh as a babyface now. So anyway, um, I think Owens has to win here. I feel like it's way too soon to take the title off of him. He's been doing this for 15 years, which means he's got to be winning on Sunday. He's such a great heel. Why would you be taking the title off of him so soon? So, how does this continue? Through Hell in the Cell, Owens wins here, or at least Owens retains. Maybe Rollins wins via DQ or something, but yeah, I have Owens retaining on Sunday.
1: I have KO winning as well. I'm, I'm just trying to think of how to make it interesting where, again, we might see Hunter try to call Seth Rollins the championship again. And then this is where you can add a Roman Reigns into the mix, where it looks like now. Reigns is quote unquote helping Seth Rollins because he has beef with Triple H and then how they go from there, I don't know. A tag match or just a two separate one on one matches for Hell in the Cell. But I think I I would I would be shocked if KO and Seth Rollins ends by itself with just those two guys with no Reigns, no Triple H involvement, no Stephanie, just Plain old one-on-one match and that's it. I think I'd be be, be very shocked. But I think to enhance that storyline, you involve Hunter or Stephanie, you involve Reigns, and then now you have two matches going into Hell in a Cell that can be really big time going forward. So overall, I think Kevin Owens is going to win and walk out the champion. It's just how and try to make this more intriguing going into the next pay-per-view at Hell in a Cell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like... The pay-per-view's got to end in some form or fashion that, like you said, sets up Raw or Elm's cell or what. It just sets up the future. Like if Rollins wins clean or what, I don't know. I just don't want to see a non-finish. Right. It's happened before, and it feels like a ripoff. I don't know. So we've got to see some sort of good finish. I want to see Owens retain. But I don't know if Triple H, like I said, I wouldn't bring Triple H out on Sunday just because I feel like it's too soon. Um, I could see them doing that. I just also don't want the authority figures all over the product again. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like McFoley, but they're getting, the, they're getting as much TV time as the authority did. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I would like to see them just end the show, Rollins and Rain, or Rollins and uh, Owens, and that's it. But then how do you set up the next show? Maybe Owens retains and Rollins just goes berserk and he jumps off the fucking Titan Tron or something. I don't know. they got to end the show somehow on some cool note to set up the next pay-per-view, and maybe they fight inside the cell Um, I could see them doing some sort of fuck finish here, which I don't want to see. Like I said, but I expect it to set up the cell match for next month, uh, which could also be really good. So I guess we'll see. But uh, yeah, they got to end the show on some grand note, just to set up Raw and just the future in general, and just kind of not end on a certain note. Make you know, end the show and make people feel underwhelmed, which they do constantly. Like, look at SummerSlam. Look at the show. Look at the ending of that show. That's the exact definition of what you should not be doing to end a pay-per-view.
1: Okay, now you you just mentioned SummerSlam real quick, and I just just reminded myself that, you know, Brock Lesnar was on the card, and I know they have the rematch with him and Orton at a house show in Chicago the night before Clash of Champions. Now my Mm -hmm. thing is this. If if you would if you had the book if you were writing everything, how do you? Brock Lesnar is still a, a member of RAW. For those who forgot, um, how does he get inserted back into? I'm not saying right away, but I'm saying how do how do you insert him back into this whole title picture, regardless of who's has the belt with Rollins or Owens? How do you insert a guy like Brock Lesnar into the whole fold?
0: Well, like I said before, I think Rollins or Rather, Owen should be champion long-term, going into at least a rumble. I would have him be champion into WrestleMania. I don't expect it, but he should be champion for a while to come. That said, with Brock Lesnar, it's easy. He decimated Randy Orton in the main event of SummerSlam, and so that means he wants the championship next. He's, he's done it all. He beat Ambrose at WrestleMania. He beat his ass there. He beat Orton at SummerSlam. He's done it all. So... Now he's got to do the champion. He's got to go after the championship in the next pay per view. The next time he shows up, which I don't think it's going to be until the Rumble. Um, so it should be Owens and Lesnar at the Rumble. I would say just have to. It's easy. You just have them come out and he just confronts Owens for the championship. So that's what I would do. And just you do either Lesnar or Owens at Mania, or you can do it at Rumble. I would say it until Mania, but I guess you could do it at Rumble too. Either way, I really want to see the match pretty much.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Again, don't be surprised if you see the appearance of the 14-time world champion Triple H at Clash of Champions. Don't be surprised. Say that again? Don't be surprised if you see the 14-time world champion Triple H appear at Clash of Champions in the main event. Don't be surprised. (laughs) like I
0: said, it wouldn't be (laughs) surprising the slightest. I just hope it doesn't happen because I feel like it's too soon. But, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see, but I hope he doesn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, him to come out there, but still... Don't let Seth Rollins get a hand on him again. Do the same thing he did on Raw, but it's like you know what, dude? I'm out here. I'm messing with you. I, I, I'm too. I'm too smart for you. I'm too quick for you. You, you have no answer. Just kind of like, like have Seth Rollins on his heels. Like man, everywhere I look, I, I'm just one step slow. This guy's always ahead of me, and it's like the you know the, you know the teacher and the, teachee, the teacher and the student. It's like I gotta be on top of my game, and Triple H is. I mean again it that match could end one on one but I think to add intrigue it's like hey Hunter we you know we saw you last month you made Kevin Owens win on raw are you are you going to do that again on sunday it's like can Kevin Owens beat Seth Rollins one on one that's going to be the question going into sunday but I think if Hunter but but then again if if Hunter interferes does that diminish Kevin Owens being a champion that he can't beat these top guys one-on-one? Because he already lost to Roman Reigns in a freaking steel cage match that meant nothing.
0: Exactly. I mean, he beat Reigns the week prior. He beat Sami Zayn the week before that. So, I mean, he's not a weak champion. But, I mean, the loss in the steel cage was completely meaningless. But, like you said, I really just don't want to be overshadowed by Randy Orton. I mean, not by Randy Orton. I don't want to be overshadowed by Triple H. In the way that Orton was overshadowed by Triple H a few years ago, when he was the authority's number one guy, he was one of the weakest champions I had seen in a long time. And I'm talking about late 2013, early 2014. So I'm hoping at some point that he just breaks away from being the authority's guy and he's just Kevin Owens. Because if he's in the authority, or Triple H's shadow specifically, in the near future, then he just he's going to be booked like shit. So I really hope that's not the case.
1: All right, real quick. Will Clash of Champions be better than Backlash?
0: I don't think so. I mean, I bleed blue. I'm a SmackDown guy, so I'm biased. (laughs) But I don't think it will. Backlash was really good. Um, I think Clash could also be really good. We'll find out on Sunday. I like the fact that we have competition, and there's a chance it could be better than Backlash. But I do think Backlash, at the end of the month, when we say which was better, Clash or Backlash, I do think Backlash will win the vote.
1: All right, Graham Matthews. He's on Twitter at WrestleRance, featured columnist from Bleacher Report. Go check him out. Go check out the work he's he's done and we will continue to do covering wrestling. Uh, Graham, as always, thank you, man. I appreciate it.
0: Appreciate it, my man. It really means a lot. Always great being back here talking some wrestling with you. Can't wait, can't wait until next week until we review Clash and all that other stuff. Always
1: a great time, dude. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, Randy. Get you down the road. All right.